Well, hello world, and welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I'm so glad you joined in today. We will talk about so many exciting things, so stay tuned. I'm so happy you're here. Ah, such a beautiful day today. You know, the sun always shines after the rain. Welcome back to another episode of Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I pray all is well in your world. And I'm not just saying it, but I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart. I hope you are staying safe. Sound, secure, and sanitized. You know I love me some good alliteration, don't you? Sound, safe, secure, sex. Which I hope you're having a lot of that too. Because I can just see the baby boom happening nine months from now. Pray for me, y'all. You know I ain't got that much sense. During the whole pandemic, all I'm thinking about is sex. Not stocking my freezer up with food. Or having enough canned goods and ramen noodles to last me if the Armageddon truly happens. But I'm thinking about sex. Hey, I'm human. I'm, you know, I only share my truth. I walk in my truth, okay? And I think it's because we are on lockdown and we can't get to the people that we care about and love the most. So you think about them just even more. So I'm just walking in my truth and sharing my truth with you. But okay. Back to the serious stuff. This past month, we have seen the world swept up in a whirlwind of hysteria. Misinformation, my God. I said to Boo this week, I said, listen, I am convinced in order to be a politician, you don't need to be smart. You don't need to have that much education and gone to the best schools in the land. All you need is money. So it's hysteria, it's misinformation, and a whole lot of confusion because of COVID-19. The oversaturation of information overwhelms the senses and causes us to panic, which can take a life of its own. Panic often leads to paranoia, and I am here to help you take your mind off of the impossible. It's all about lifting as we climb to connect the community of people by using our gifts, skills, and talents. I found some positive spins. You know, that's the thing about life. You got to look for the silver lining. And even though COVID is happening, people are dying. The numbers are not going down in America. Meanwhile, Thailand only have six cases. Africa got less than 500. You know what I'm saying? Like some ain't right. But that's a whole nother episode. But I found the positive. I have fallen in love with some of my first loves. I'm writing more, organizing. Oh my God, my closets are beautiful. Found some cute bins from the Dollar Tree. They're all labeled and color coded. Yes. Mm -hmm. Home improving and embracing my love of music again. There is nothing like a good song to take your troubles away. I put my top 10 favorite list of songs for the week on my Instagram story. So be sure to check that out. I am naturally raspy, so my register is low. I sing in a tenor section at church, right? When I try to sing soprano, baby, that it just cut off like a bad call. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I suffer with nodules, but listen, that don't stop me from singing. Listen, I'm no Beyonce, but I can show enough care a note to the post office. You understand what I'm saying? Speaking of which, have you heard the remix this week that they released? I'm a savage, representing H-Town all day long. I got my own version. Like the hit, here it go. I'm a savage. Hey, classy, educated ratchet. I eat cornbread, greens, and cabbage. Hey, I'm a savage. Hey, I'm a savage. Hey, classy, educated ratchet. Ew, yes, I am very educated. But let's jump into the podcast. My guest this week knows about music. Mr. Rasar Amani, 
I met this dope soul in Las Vegas in January at his event called The Vinyl Say. He immediately blew me away with his gift, his skills, and his talent. And I knew I wanted him to come on the podcast. Ladies of Confluence, let's hear what he has to say. So let's welcome and whoop it up for Mr. Rasar Amani. Whoop, 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 whoop. Check, check, my check. Hey. Peace. Hey. Hey, what's going on? What it do? That's what we say in Texas. That's how we <laughs> What it do, baby, is Paul Wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm chilling. I'm chilling out here in Vegas right now. <laughs> Well, welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I am so happy to have you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. You know, usually I have ladies on here, but when I meet dope souls, mm. right, and connect with dope people, mm. I have to bring them on. Right. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Yes, because, you know, as a confluencer, that's a self-made word, but that's mm-hmm. where confidence meets influence. So mm-hmm. a confluencer, when you do all of that and mm-hmm. you embody that spirit, you are a big dreamer. You dream outside the box. You mm-hmm. just believe in the unthinkable and try to achieve the unachievable, you know, mm-hmm. but you just do you. And when I just met you, like I was like, yo, this hey. is dopeness in a bottle that people need wow. to buy. <laughs> wow. Hey, thank you. No, it was it was definitely great to have you at my event, the Vinyl Say, which we do every first Friday out here in Las Vegas. And um, I know it's a very interesting story how you got there. Like you didn't know me, you didn't know about the event directly. It's like you you were just visiting, uh, and your folks somebody told you about my event, and then you just you were in the right place at the right time. Right place at the the universe always unfolds. The way it should. You understand mm-hmm. me? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like you, you always are in the right. You guess got to get yourself in position. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just don't like. You know, a lot of people get to asking questions. Well, who gonna be there? That, like, you just gotta go. Yeah. And like, when you get there, <laughs> yeah. like, just get in the mix, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you was all in the mix from the beginning. Listen, I am a music person. Yeah. So I'm from a music family, a music inclined family. Um, and music makes me happy. I, I believe mm. that every person on earth needs a soundtrack. A soundtrack mm. to pull you out of a funk, a soundtrack to make you, you know, experience new stuff. A, like you just need I believe that music is the food to the soul. You know what I mean? Mm. Like mm-hmm. and 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 I I truly embody that. And my mom is actually a singer. And I can okay. tell that she sunk her entire pregnancy. So, oh, wow. like, it just, it, and, and it, 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 you know, resonates with me. And now I have a, a teenager. I can hear him hum music. I can hear him turn his music on when he cleans his room. Because mm. music, when nothing else works, sometimes Erica got the right stuff for me to say. You know, yeah. I made a wrong yeah. turn back there somewhere. I told that to somebody the other day. They were like, what are you talking about? I knew. Yeah. I knew. That you wasn't Erica Badu saying, or you had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, she she really do it, and, and that's very true. You know, music is uh, it's one of those things where I think it's it changed everyone's life. I mean, anybody who's open to it and, and down with the culture and has been involved, especially if you was in the church, you definitely didn't. You know, you know, got moved by music, but. You know, even outside of the church, um, yeah. I mean, it, it it could change moods. I've seen, you know, I've seen it do everything from make people cry to laugh, dance, uh, pass out. Uh, t- you know, but one of the, you know, one of the most interesting things I've seen music use. It could it's a tool. It could be used in different ways. One of the ways I see it be used was, uh, you know, out in the hood, out in Sacramento, there was this venue. And it was in this area called Del Paso Heights. And anyway, 
a lot of brothers used to hang out on the corner at this convenience store. And my mom pointed this out to me back in the day. And uh, she thought it was hilarious, but it's kind of wild how they did this. To clear them out, because they couldn't do nothing, I guess, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily respect <laughs> the owners or whatever of the loitering. So they would just drop classical music and the whole spot would clear out like like somebody shot up the spot. And I thought that was crazy. Like how mm. just, you know, the vibrations can move you literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just started talking. Tell everybody who you are and what mm-hmm. you do. Yeah. Well, check it out, y'all. I'm, I'm Rasar Armani. I guess I haven't said that yet. I'm Rasar Armani uh, from Sacramento, California. I live in Las Vegas. Uh, I mostly represent my crew, uh, The Leak, which is a band I've been with for five years. Uh, I mean, I was in a crew before that, but um, my band, The Leak, has been like my main musical focus for the last five years. Um, I've had the opportunity as a solo artist and with my good friend Butterscott, I've had an opportunity to perform in five different countries uh, in Asia, Europe, and North America. Uh, I've toured all across America from New York to Cali up to Portland. I haven't got to the South as much as I should, but I hey. did play South by but I did play South by Southwest a few years ago. And um, so basically, you know how Charlie met me was at this event, like I said, called the Vinyl Say, which is at this bookstore. And this is something that just evolved late 2019. And it's been a blessing. And um, every month, basically what we do is we break down a classic hip hop album. Um, then I, I do a live review of it. We play the samples of it. And we get the people into the music. Then we open up to have a discussion. People can share their stories and whatever they thought. Then I interview an artist. I've had beatboxers, rappers, you know, uh, I had a jazz legend named Ronnie Foster. I've had all kinds of people. And then I do my own acoustic performance at the end of it. And it's all ages and it's free. And everyone that comes there says they've never seen anything exactly like it. And I'm always moved when I do it. So that's Energy dynamic. Doing. Like when I say uh-huh. you are on to something, you probably didn't read the email that I sent you. <laughs> and I said, mm-hmm. you are on to something. Mm-hmm. You... Like, because I'm in my 40s, you okay. know. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for a good, you know, melanin and <laughs> yeah, cocoa <man>. butter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really don't crack. It really don't you know, crack, that, though. <laughs> it really don't. I mean, yeah. like, oh, I was giving you 35. Oh, yeah. no, honey, I'm in my 40s. <laughs> um, but, yeah. like, that's the vibe at this age that mm. I'm looking for. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't feel like getting up and getting undergirded and girdled on and <laughs> rapping and drawing and, you know, six-inch healing. Like, that was the perfect Friday night. Mm. You know, chill, if you will. Mm. Um, Say, if you may, you know, do, mm. you know, with your boo. Like, that <laughs> is the perfect spot to just just to uh, just because see just is a state of being as well okay. you know what i mean it's like ness you know mm, just mm. just i just mm. just want to be here i just <laughs> want to be in the mix and so and i sat on the front row you know yeah. i'm a journalist at heart mm-hmm. um so i was there you know chronicling things you know for blog and you know radio and recording little you know snippets and stuff but i was just like this is it Mm. So you you got something going on, you know, mm. like for sure, you know, like for sure. Um, you. So you keep on keeping on, as we say in the styles, you know. Yeah, you just keep yeah. On, on. No, I hear you, and and I definitely, you know, I didn't know who you were, but I I knew you were about something, and you made your presence known. Like you were like humming from the beginning, like you were like singing, like I was just playing the music or whatever, and you was like ad libbing and everything, and is I was. Like, <laughs> Like immediately, I was like, "Wow, she's very comfortable. She's she's she feel like she she belongs here. All right, let's do this." And uh, and Come actually, forward, yeah, yeah, you got the confidence, everything. So, actually, what was you know the, one of the synchronistic moments, kind of like going back to how you saying everything happened. You know, when you're in the right place, um, 
something that you definitely weren't aware of at the time, but I think I told you a little bit later was, uh, so you showed me after the event, you showed me like a text of like a friend who sent you, I guess, a flyer, if I'm not mistaken, was telling you like, yo, this mm-hmm. is the spot. And then said, yo, you also got to go to the Classic Jewel, which is this black owned business down here in Vegas. And uh, it's, uh, there's actually this lady named Ryan Sonata. She's real cool people. And she's actually from New York, but uh, she's lived out here longer than I have. I've been out here since 2013. And, you know, anyway, I've, I, you know, I've met Ryan maybe twice. We've talked plenty of times online and stuff, but like even living in Vegas, I think, you know, we've only, you know, crossed paths a few times, but we, you know, it's all respect. I want to tell you this. So you, I know you needed to, you were told to go to her establishment right afterwards, and which was actually not too far. But the crazy thing was about you showing that to me is that Ryan was actually there and she had never been to any of my events. I've been doing this since September. So that was like my four, that was my fifth event. And I had only seen her in six years. I've only seen her like two or three times. And I, she didn't tell me she was coming. And it just so happened out of all the places you were told to go, the owner of that establishment was at my event. Like, I thought that was really, like, just special and, like, just showing how things align when they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what got you into music? Mm. Wow. Well, um, at the beginning, you know, just much like probably anybody else listening, you know, Mom Dukes was playing everything around the house, you know, from Motown to gospel to, you know, uh, you know, I I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And so it was like a lot of Luther Vandross and Michael Jackson and things like that. Uh, but, you know, of course, Jack's five and, and just every I could list about 20 different Motown artists. I'll leave that alone because there's so much. But, uh, you know, and then. uh you know the nineties, eighties. That was a beautiful era too. I mean, that was a good musical era. Do you hear you know? me? <laughs> like, come on, come on. like that was. <laughs> I just really hate that my son, uh, who was about to be sixteen, mm-hmm. his music, like it jam. Like I, you know, I, I know a few mm-hmm. little words, you know, <laughs> but I just really hate that their music, like I, and it, they were cleverly crafted. Like mm-hmm. it was cl- like mm-hmm. you know, like are they talking about getting it on? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. uh yeah. it's your thing, do what you wanna do. You know, you be like, uh, you know, like is he talking about like I can do what to. I wanna do with this? Or yeah. like it's my thing. Like, you know, it was like metaphorically yeah. left up to your imagination, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny when you talk about that era. I'm getting a chill now just thinking about, you know, cause I was watching video of Soul with Donnie Simpson and all that, you know what I mean? And when Soul Train was mm-hmm. on and, and just kind of, you know, that kind of shaped my worldview and, uh, of music. But also like what you're talking about too is like, oh, there was some wild stuff out. We all grew up on some wild music. And, and even, even the old, old, old school, like, you know, like Millie Jackson or even before that, like there's always been some rough, rugged and raw. You know, if you want that, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, or <laughs> you know, or some blowfly if you really want to go underground. But you know, the in terms of like the mainstream music, it was so beautiful. Like you know, we had oh my god, her she escapes me. Anita Baker that was playing at the house all the time. You know, Sade. We had mm-hmm. elegant sounds. You know, you had like you know Atlantic Star and all these. Other, you had all this stuff amidst you know you also had hip-hop which was you know getting rougher and rougher which was dope because that represented the the energy too but it was like I would say and then I'll move forward to I guess how I actually actually did music myself but I would say an important moment for me was in 1989 Quincy Jones back on the block album that was I remember the day my mom got that at the record store and you know that's oh you remember thing. going to the record store hey, oh my god on, hey your son don't know nothing about that i don't think i don't know if, no because really like that, that was an experience yeah You're, you do you that used to be an experience when those mm-hmm. albums were dropping mm-hmm. just i i know why some djs still like to 
do theirs like old school because that was an experience to get that. And I remember my mama even having to buy a needle. Oh man. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. For the record player though. Yeah. Wow. It was experience. You take and it and it was. I mean, and that was a whole that was a whole experience, like you were saying, to go in there, to look for it, to wonder if it's in stock and everything, and just to look at it, to feel it, to look at the track list and who's on it, you know, just all this. It was a whole thing, you know, magazines everywhere. And then, and then they were playing the new music, and it was a whole thing. And sometimes you run into people, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've had some interesting conversations in record stores, you know, like just running into music lovers, you know, and so... Mm-hmm. Yo, that was a whole thing. And so, but that Quincy Jones album was really important because what he did was he bridged the gap, like the song, like the opening track back on the block. You know, he had Ice T, Big Daddy Kane, and all, but then he had Tevin Campbell. He was introducing Campbell. like an 11, you feel me? Like, so mm-hmm. he's introducing. Tevin Campbell was from Dallas. Right. I, I grew up in Dallas. Yeah. And so he left. <sighs> BISD because I'm a product of Dallas Independent School Dif- District, and so mm-hmm. he went to one of the. We were the same era, yeah, yeah. What? So, so that was like, was what a, was that was like? Big thing. That was a what big was thing. That like? Yeah, that was so. Again, I I've been in a music scene. I started off more on the on churchy side, but right, like right. I remember when God's property, like mm. I I we even did a recording to send the Oprah for God's property, like back in the really? day, like. I, yeah, I, I remember those that, that era like tomorrow. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, that yeah. good old that good old Kirk Franklin and everything. You know, uh, <laughs> oh and yeah, the wine is too. We can go on on that too. But you know, but that whole album was really important because he had all these artists I'd never heard of, and I'm just you know I'm a, a youngster at that time, so. Quincy showed that he wasn't afraid of hip hop. He was breaking a new singer, but then he also had like Sarah Vaughn and Take Six was on there. And then it was just, oh, Ray Charles was on there. So it was like, he just showed that music is music and we just got to stick together and create and not worry about like, we. that was dope because Quincy's always been trying to bridge the gap of, of different eras and like, He's always like seen ahead. Uh, I suggest anybody watch that documentary Quincy on Netflix if they haven't. But um, then I was, you know, I was in a choir when I was like nine or ten, and uh, but I, I for a long time didn't associate that with my music musical background because I wasn't really a singer. It was just something for me to do as a kid. But I did learn a lot. Um, but I say I started rapping when I was twelve, thirteen. So. Uh, the song that made me actually become a rapper was the Art of Storytelling remix by Outkast featuring Slick Rick. Slick Rick's verse was, you know, Slick Rick was one of my favorite rappers at the time. And just hearing that verse, I loved it so much. And the, the one time that I became, I don't know, it just hit me. Something jumped into me and I just had to, I just had to run and find some paper and I immediately started writing and I haven't really looked back since. Um, Ever since that moment, I just knew that I was going to be an MC. Wow. And you just performed with Rakim. Mm. So let's talk about that experience for a minute. Yes, I did. Like, <laughs> yes, the I legendary, did. like, Rakim. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, sh- I should have mentioned when you were asking me about, like, there's so many different ways to go. There's a lot of other things I've done, but I didn't want to talk your ear off because, I mean, you know how it is. Uh, when you, when you, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have some beautiful experiences, but let let's deal with Rock Kim right now. Yo, the God, as they say, like that was a, that was a trip. The whole thing was surreal. The whole thing, just building up to it. In fact, it wasn't even my idea. It was a good friend of mine, dope singer. Everybody should check out called Cam Calloway. Cam Calloway is an amazing singer in Las Vegas sincerely one of the greatest singers I've ever known personally or ever met. And I've been a few places. I know I got a lot to learn, but he's one of the standouts. And anytime I introduce him to people, they're like, yeah, that boy got it. So Cameron, uh, he just, he's just, he's just my good friend. But like, uh, he told me actually, because I've been so focused on the leak, my band, cause we have, you know, we have two albums and we've toured and all this other stuff. I dedicated my whole life, basically, the last five years, 
to the band. So I haven't really thought of myself as a solo mm. artist. So actually my own event, and there, and there is something to be said of that, you know, of sometimes forgetting your own power, your own strength when you, when you basically put an institution or other people ahead of you, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, sometimes you need to remember your own strength, you know? And, and uh, so anyway, he's been kind of helping me like kind of get back to that mind state. And of course, doing my own event, the vinyl say where I'm in charge of it, it's kind of put me back like, oh yeah, I got my own thing. Like I'm, I'm more outside the band as well. So he hit me up and he's like, yo, Rakim's coming to Brooklyn Bowl. Just like that. And I was like, cool. You know, I mean, a lot of legends have played there. I was like, yo, that's dope. You know, like, that's what's up. Like, might check it out. Like, that'd be great to see that. And then he was like, also, that'd be dope if you were on it. And I was like, oh, what? what? Like, like I was, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It was was like that. Now, a little bit of background. I have played Brooklyn Bowl several times, but never as a solo artist. My band has opened for uh, George Clinton on New Year's. That was crazy. Uh, We've played with Hiatus Coyote. Lecrae. Uh, we, we opened for Drew Hill. All I need is Drew. Okay, so you know about that. Because he's from Texas Houston. too, right? Lecrae? It's a lot of artists out of this okay. area. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Texas has been doing it. and uh, But yeah, also got to open for Drew Hill, which was very, when you realize the kind of band we are, it's a little bit absurd that we did that. Because I'm the, I'm the lead vocalist and I'm an MC. Like, ain't no R&B to what we do. Like, we feature singers very occasionally, but it's like we're a jazz-based hip-hop band, and you know, but the people still showed love, and we found a way to make it work. Uh, but it was an honor, you know. I've been a huge Drew Hill fan since they came out like '96, so it was it was a uh, that was an honor. So it w- it wasn't completely unprecedented for me to be able to even think of playing Brooklyn Bowl. It's just I hadn't thought of myself and something of that caliber. And then, uh, so I just, you know, I happened to know somebody who I thought still booked. And it was as simple as, it wasn't even, I didn't have to, I don't even have much representing myself anymore because I've done so much with the band. So really, I just texted homie and he was like, yeah, we'd love to have you, but they still got to run it by the people. So then they're like, do you have anything? And I was like, oh, you know, because I was like, I mean, I got, the band's got a bunch of stuff, but. I haven't really put out nothing. All I have is one song I put out last year called Pray For Me and a video from five years ago. And that's what I sent them. I sent them one Spotify link and a five-year-old video that honestly doesn't have an impressive amount of views. And But I guess the work and the it honesty and, and, and I guess them speaking. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and thank you. And honestly that made me respect Rakim's camp even more. Like, as if he wasn't already legendary enough, they basically just proved that, like, it's not about the numbers or the flash. All they cared about, they didn't even ask. They didn't even ask, like, what's his social media numbers? Or they didn't ask how many tickets can he sell? They were like, can he run? That's all they wanted to know. And that's crazy to me. Because, like, that just don't happen. Uh, it would be nice. I mean, apparently it did happen, but I'm saying like that would be nice if you if uh, artists were were progressing based surely off of their talent. But as someone who's traveled many places, I know it is about nepotism. It is largely about who you know and what what have you done. You know how many people are following you. So the fact that someone of this caliber was like. Yo, just show me your work. You either in or not. And the fact that I got in, I was like, yo, I found out when I was on tour and that was a trip. So um, playing, I mean, play opening for Rock Kim, it was crazy because my event, the vinyl say, was that same day. And we actually reviewed Equimini by Outcast. And so I was already on cloud nine because that's one of my favorite albums ever. And that's the album that has a song that made me start rapping. So we was in there and I had to end the event early. So we did the vinyl say, we're talking about Equimini. I had a very powerful guest named Naz Khalid. She's such a special 
being. In fact, I hope that you can interview. Set it up. You know I will. Uh, Set it up. Yeah, Nas Khalid, she is so powerful. Y'all would just vibe. Like, she's... Yeah, y'all would y'all would just flow on another level because it's just y'all both come from like a lot of strength, you know, and y'all like she's definitely a confluencer for sure. And uh so I was already happy and then I got and so I'm, I'm rushing over and I almost it's crazy because I almost didn't make it to my set in time because I had to boogie across town. And then I forgot my ID. Like, everything was going wrong. Like, I forgot my ID. It's a Friday. It's crazy traffic. They're working on the parking structure. I couldn't go through the front door because of my ID, so I had to go through the back docking. Meanwhile, I'm supposed to be on stage in, like, 20 minutes, (laughs) you know? And, like, I'm running full sprint, and I go up the wrong dock. So this is all this stuff before I even get to the stage. And uh, I got there maybe about 15, 10 minutes before I was supposed to get on stage. And uh, it was just cool. It was just a blessing uh, to get out there and do songs that I wrote like, you know, 10 to 15 years ago and have them still resonate with people. And it was just dope because as an artist, aside from like the money and all that stuff or fame or whatever, honestly, you just want to be felt and understood. That was was my next question. What's more important? The money or the fame, but you just mm. said it. Like, it just, uh. you know, because when you stand <laughs> flat foot, right? Like, my mom's, you know, mm. uh, stepfather who was into music, that's who got my mom into music. And, you know, he would say, you don't have mm. to do all that. When you stand flat foot and bring mm. forth whatever people, that's what resonates with people. You know, like some people think if I run mm. when they sing, if I run up the your mountaintop back down, you know, like, ooh, you know, leave that for Luther. Do your own thing. Like, you stand flat and you do <laughs> you. You do Charlie. You do Rassar. You do whatever mm. God has gifted you to do. You know, because he gave everybody different talent. So mm. don't do or what sound like the mm. album. Sound like you. You know, like I've had people come up to me at church mm. like, I love, you know, because people try to sound like the album. No, I can't sound like the album because I, 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 my testimony mm. is very different than, than her testimony. That, you know, like, and so I make it my own. <laughs> I'm making everything my own, you know? Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, you got to. No, that's honestly, that's the, it's great that you were giving those lessons, you know early on that you were hearing that sort of thing and in that sort of environment to hear that, you know, um, a lot of people don't learn that if ever they don't learn it until, you know, they've been through some things. So the fact that you were hearing that growing up is really dope. Um, you know, it's and and yeah, being felt, you know, when you just basically like, you know, say stand foot, you know, st- you know, stand on your square and everything, basically, you know, hip hop is very like you know, combative and and uh, judgmental in a good like it it can be good. I be some people be like, no, it's not. It's about love and acceptance. No, hip hop is literally based on the battle, DJ battles, breakdancing battles, rap battles, graffiti with people crossing each other's names out. Like, hip hop is very territorial. Like it's it's love and it brings people together, but it's also like an initiation thing. So it's like, I mean. I know you understand hip hop. I'm just kind of laying this down for like anybody that's listening and may not be familiar with the culture outside of the actual music. You know, like the energy of hip hop is very like show and prove what you about. So I knew when I went out there, like Rakim is like to many people considered the greatest of all time when it comes to rap. And in general, he's widely accepted as the gold standard for like elite rhyming with consciousness. So it's like, I know everybody's looking at me like, you better bring it, you know, brother. They don't know me, so they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I felt it. I felt it, yo. It was like, but I wasn't scared, you know, because I came out there. I mean, I've been rhyming over 20 years, and I've been a few places, and I did a few things. And I was riding high on the, the event I just came from. You know, I was just with a bunch of beautiful people going off about Outcast and talking to my sister, Naz Khalid. So, you know, I had all the armor on anyway, but when I came out there, I knew, I knew there was peeping. So first they was just peep. They didn't give me a lot. 
And then when they realized I could rhyme, like they were like, cool. And they gave it up. And it was just cool to do some songs. And, you know, I do some call and response and everybody was yelling. And they, I could tell people, but then more people started coming in. And I started seeing people I know. And there was real hitters out there. Like there was people that if you're in Vegas and you know what people do on the strip, you know who's out there. And there were some people that are definitely uh, more influential and known than I am. And it was kind of dope to just have them like, you know, just respectfully just like peep what I was doing. And uh, my DJ, Mr. Vibe, who's he's my homie. We go back to Sacramento. We actually moved out here around the same time for different reasons. And we just connected uh, in the last few months a lot more to do this event. So I put him on and I find out later Rakim is his favorite MC of all time. And he was already trying to go to the show. So once again, that whole That's thing of being time. in the right place, he literally told his wife, like a few weeks ago, he was like, maybe a month ago, he was like, he's like, babe, Rakim's coming to town. Like, and she already knows that's like his favorite MC. She's like, oh, you gotta go, you gotta go. He's like, all right, he's trying to figure out, you know, how you can make it work. And he said, I texted him the next day, like, yo, you, you to put it in the universe. Like, so, you know, like, you, 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 <laughs> sometimes, yes. like, we, we have very limiting beliefs within ourselves regardless if we say them or not like mm. our thoughts are so powerful so mm. one of the things that you know make charlie mm. charlie is that charlie believes in visuals and visions right you know i make it plain so what i i mm. throw it in the universe people are like how did you get there how did you not mean this people how are you because i thought in the universe I, I say i'm gonna meet the right people i'm gonna connect with the right individuals i'm gonna connect with people mm. that see you know, what gift I have and what I can bring and how I can be an asset and liability. Like, these are things that I say, Rissar, before I walk into a meeting or before I walk into a space. Mm -hmm. Like, I walked into a space and had those thoughts, and I said, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to mind my business. But something just, like, people will come up to me and say, you mm -hmm. look important. Mm -hmm. Oh, because I am. But anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm, you know, hey, but, you know, but it's like you, you got to put it <laughs> yeah. in the atmosphere and then the universe hears and then it's mm -hmm. just, again, it, it tends to unfold the way that it should. It, it, it just does. Mm. No, that's real. That's real. And that's beautiful that you walk in that, you know, and that you, that's, that's what you call living testimony right there. So, What's next for you? Like, what's next? Like, when you sit back and you say, hmm, mm. in 2020, mm. I want to accomplish this, but I want this to take me all the way to 2030. So what's next for you? Ooh. Yeah. Um, You know, honestly, the vinyl say everything's been kind of, it's been, it was like an, it's been an experiment. I don't know how long it's going to last in that particular place, but I do know that everybody involved wants to keep it moving. But I've had, everyone who's ever been there has been like, you got to do this. Like you, like no matter, even the people who run it are like, I don't care what happens in the future. You have to do this somewhere. Like uh, you need to, so a few things coming off of it. So many people said I should start a podcast specifically with the vinyl say and you know reviewing these albums um i think that's honestly going to be a part of it i've seen how there's maybe opportunities to do that in the educational field uh because mm -hmm. i know people who've taught hip-hop classes i've spoken in them you know so it's like a few people have been like yo you need to holler at unlv or somebody or like you can get this in a classroom like everything you're doing so i'm basically cultivating the vinyl say I think that the leak is going to, my band has been my main focus. We're still making music. We just actually had a beautiful show on Friday, which was, you know, draped around, draped by all the insanity that's been going on. But we had some of the most high vibrations I've had in my 20 plus years of music. So it's like, you know, it was a good reminder that the music is going to last no matter what's going on. Uh, as long as we hear and we have our hearts beating and we have the pulse of the energy we need, then we're going to be all right. So I would say moving forward as a solo entity, I think I need to, you know, get back into that. The Rakim thing was like my big, 
you know, return. So I think just maybe start to release some songs. I'm not really worried about an album at this point, but just uh, keep keep releasing as a solo artist, kind of build up my profile, maybe get some more videos out and just let that build and then maintain the leak. But honestly, I think as I move forward, I think that the vinyl say is an example of where I'm moving to because I am more of a facilitator, educator, and it just so happens oh. that I know how to rap. <laughs> I know how to rap and I know the history of it. And so this whole time it's been like, I, you know, I rap and I happen to know how to speak to people. But now I'm kind of stepping into that elder statesman. I understand I'm still young in the grand scheme of things, but my position within, you know, hip hop, where I'm at now, I'm, they call me OG now. Like when, whether I'm in the basketball court or anywhere, like it's grown men calling me OG. And I'm like, hey, hold on. I'm not, I mean, I'm not afraid of aging, but hold on now. It's like, you, you know, but I'm like, because me, OG is like somebody that really like, but I guess, you know, an OG is not only about age. An OG is about how you carry yourself, um, the way that you communicate with people, the level of internal respect that you exude. And I guess that that's another thing. Like people look to me like as like a teacher or a historian or some sort of cultural cultivator like i was talking to my homie yesterday and i'll, I'll wrap this up I was talking to my good homie dj rock bottom who's an amazing spirit and uh i was like yo homie we the books we the, we the actual books right now man because we was talking about all this stuff that doesn't even exist anymore just like you and i were talking about record stores like the time is now like that's why the vinyl say is hitting is because a lot of these, there's kids coming to these events that are like 18, 19, and they've only heard about it, but they love, they love it, but they never saw it. So our job and my job is to remember, take record of all this stuff that I grew up on and put it in a way that people can understand for as long as I'm alive. And yeah. So like, I think that's what I'm moving towards is just truly being a, uh, a historian cool. elder statesman. Cool. Tell everybody where they can find you so they can, you know, listen to yeah. some of that good music and just vibrate higher. Like, you know, I, like I hey. listen that like I, I you know, <laughs> I got all of the the videos from that night and you know, I was just like a fan. I'm sold. I tried mm-hmm. you on. You know, it's like when you go in the store, sometimes I don't try clothes on. I just buy and go home and say, okay, I'm going to try it on. But like, I literally mm. tried you on and it was a good fit. <laughs> so I want people to figure out the fit mm. and the fit is you. So tell everybody mm. where they can find you. Oh, that's love. That's love. Um, the most at this point that you're going to find is through my band, The Leak. So if you just check us out, uh, I guess starting with me, you could go to my Instagram, which is Rasar Music, R-A-S-A-R Music. And uh, I'm also on Facebook. But the, the Leak has so much more stuff. We have like two albums and probably about 15, 20 videos. So if you look up The Leak, L-I-Q-U-E, our, our handle on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is at the Leak Band. And once again, Leak is spelled L-I-Q-U-E. So those are the two places you can find me, Rasar Music or the Leak Band. And, um, yeah, we got a lot of music and videos out there. And if you come into Vegas, you know what I'm saying? Come check out the Vinyl Say because it's a free all-ages event. You We're need talking to about classic hip-hop. $65. Culture, so. You need to trademark yeah. that. Because I get it, like the final say, but okay. we're spinning okay. old hip hop records, so it's on vinyl. A lot of them were on mm-hmm. vinyl, so you need to definitely copyright mm-hmm. that. And that way, if anybody tries to yeah. take it, steal it, mm-hmm. it is yours, mm-hmm. and you can actually go after them. Because when I tell you it's dopeness that needs to be mm-hmm. bottled up, I really wish that yeah. you it's like Coke, you know what I mean? Like, like not, not Coke, sniff Coke, mm-hmm. like you know, I like to teach the world the Coke. A perfect mm. harmony. That, right, that right, right. Coke. That's that my Coca-Cola. Like. <laughs> 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 I like oh, the took world the of Coke. On it. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> That's with the glass bottles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so I'm so honored that you took this time, and also I appreciate your patience. Uh, 
sometimes I'm pulled every which way and uh, I haven't been as focused as I could be because, you know, just being the leader of the band and trying to get my solo thing going. I just not people have much busier lives than me. And I acknowledge that. But I'm not a great multitasker. I'm like, for instance, we've been talking. This is what I'm doing. I haven't done anything else. I'm not checking texts. I'm not checking like the Internet. Like I couldn't. Like, I have to be fully invested in the moment. So there's probably someone that's like, yo, man, why is that fool ignoring me? And it's not even, you know, it's not even like that. So I appreciate your patience because I knew this was going to be special just like it has been. This has definitely been a fantastic, like, enriching conversation. And just like you said, it's like talking to my homegirl from Houston. So I, uh, I'm i just love. honored and thankful that you have me on here. Yeah, yeah. And see, I didn't even ask you to freestyle. Yeah. But you know, I am love. I am like that. That right there, hey, I was like, I'm about- gonna make that my mantra <laughs> for 2020. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I am love. I am peace. I am joy. That's actually a song by the Leak called "I Am," and uh, that's definitely a message that you know we need it now more than ever. I would say. And uh, we sang that song very loudly yes. on Friday, and everybody felt the healing. I am so, love. Yeah. Like, I was uh, like, yes. Like, I think that's when I started snapping and giving my love. But because that's it. Like, mm-hmm. again, whatever you put out is what you get back. Mm-hmm. And so if you walk out your house or you look at yourself each day in the mirror and say, I am mm-hmm. love, I am joy. Like, I, I am those things. I am those positive things that uh, I come in encounter with those people that mm. I touch those people that you know that need something sometimes people just need mm. a conversation they don't want nothing else from you but the little that you can give can just change a person's day you know what I mean mm. like so like it, and it, it definitely you know I really mm. wish you know mm. I Vegas did not turn as I wanted it to turn and so and and I, I went there, I was by myself, right? Yeah. And so, like, so many other things. But I, one thing is that I'm, I pray mm-hmm. that I'm always protected and that he always elevates the right people in my space. And here we go, mm-hmm. three months later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, let's do it. No, it's, it was beautiful. We didn't even talk about, I won't start it all up, but just to say very quickly, the night that you were there, we did Tribe Called Quest Midnight Marauders, which was amazing. And my guest was actually Ronnie Foster, who did the song Mystic Brew on Blue Note Records. And that's the song that Tribe Called Quest sampled for their historic song, Electric Relaxation. I had the actual legend that they sampled there. And he just told stories about Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, just I'm that's the level that we are. So the fact that you were there for that, like that was that was the best one, even though the energy continues to expand. You couldn't have been at a better night. Thank really. you. So uh, I'm so glad. Well, that that's you it did. for me today. Told you organic conversation, you know, hey, you know, just a little hey. few relaxations. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, keep your hands real sanitation. Hey, because <laughs> oh, the price is about to be inflation. Yes, yes please, hey. please do it. Please do it. Hey, <laughs> 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 you ain't never lied though. But hey, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm super thankful and I appreciate it. Hopefully, right. we can do this again. Get it up, and, and I got you. Some of the people I spoke about. Told you, what a great interview. Let me be honest. Can I be honest with you? I had to cut our podcast down, like shave it because we were vibing so hard. It was over an hour and I kept the good parts. I'm telling you, I love when I meet a kindred spirit walking in the gift that God gave them. Listen, the universe tends to unfold the way it should. It took a while for this interview to happen, but it was so worth the wait. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Rasar. All is not lost during this pandemic. I found a silver lining. I hope that you did too. Ladies of Confluence, please go like, share, and follow his journey 
And if you're ever in Vegas, please look him up and go check him out. You will not be disappointed. I left there on a natural high. I found him off the beaten path and it made all the difference in the world. When you travel the road, let's travel by because everybody want to go on the strip. But he was not on the strip. I mean, he was between the strip and downtown at the cutest bookstore. You know, I'm an author. <laughs> so I found this cute bookstore and there he was. You heard him say he doesn't have problems. He has friends. That's a mouthful right there. So if you're feeling down and out, talk to a friend that you can trust. Notice I said that you can trust. Don't hold it in, especially at a time such as this. We need people and connection is so real. People are here to help you. So please don't do this journey alone. Afterwards, after you talk to somebody, jam out with your cock out. Put on an album that you can jam to and escape from your reality. If it's only for a moment, do it. Do it. I know your four walls are tired of looking at you and you are tired of looking at them. And your children probably want you to escape just as much as you want them to leave. So just, just take a moment. Just give yourself permission to free your mind and the rest will follow. Well, that's it for me this week. I pray that sanity continues to reside within you and within your home and that all of your needs are met and every resource that you ever will need will continue to flow your way. Until then, be blessed and a blessing to others. Smooches, confluencers. Oh yeah, leave your girl a review. Click five stars. I told you before, reviews keep you relevant. <laughs>